We'll welcome in our second place finisher in today's Honda Indy Toronto, Simon Pagino, driving the number 22 DXC technology, Team Penske Chevrolet for Team Penske. Started third in today's race, also gathered his second podium finish of the season. Simon, on a day, a big day for your country, a big day, the World Cup win. How excited are you to end up on the podium here at the Honda Indy Toronto? Well, first of all, um, you know, I think it was quite incredible to see the crowd today and um, that every grandstand were packed. I think the sport, like I said earlier, this weekend is uh, definitely on the rise and you can see the excitement from the fans. And uh, I want to thank Toronto for uh, such such a great support of the, the Verizon IndyCar series. It's, um, you know, for us, coming here and racing at cities and, uh, and events like this is very special. So, uh, so thanks to all the fans and, and to you guys um, from Toronto for for the support. Um, personally, it's, it's a great day. I just wish I went one, one spot uh, higher, just make, to make it a very, very special day for France, but uh, very proud. I think, you know, we've, um, we haven't had the easiest season. Uh, this new package threw us uh, off quite a bit, but, uh, you know, it's a testament to Tim Penske, Chevy, and, and DXC, uh, Menards as well, obviously, for, for, for all the hard work they do in the background, you know, obviously we come here every week and we will go racing every week, but there's a lot of work that's being done in the background. I want to thank everybody for that because uh, they've brought a lot of updates um, and, and it's starting to really suit me. So, um, you know, this weekend I felt like I was back and, um, and that, that's my level, of, that's my usual level of performance, which felt uh, very positive. Um, and in the race, um, you know, I had a quiet start. We I got crowded a little bit and it was... Um, Either I was going for it and we're all going to crash full wide or, uh, <laughs> or I gave up to try to finish the race and, and see if I was going to get another chance, and, and I did. So the um, famous and famous restart was, uh, was a bit of a chance for me, unfortunately for Joseph, but uh, for me it was a, it was a good opportunity to make some ground, and, and on cold tires I was really strong. Uh, the car was really good, and, and that's how we made spots. We, we had the fastest fastest guys in the pits today i want to i want to also thanks my um my, my new crew you know it's a brand new crew this year again and uh, my my crew chief it's his uh, second podium so it's uh, it's pretty cool uh, to be able to give those guys some good results and see how good they are so um great day we'll go ahead and welcome well, thanks, our dude mm -hmm. thank you <laughs> very kind We'll go ahead and welcome in our third place finisher, Robert Wickens, driving the number six Lucas Oil SPM Honda for Schmidt-Peterson Motorsports. Started 10th today and gained his third podium finish of the season. Robert, I can imagine a, a pretty big weekend for you and probably a pretty big day. How happy are you to end up on podium in, in your first Honda Indy Toronto in a Verizon IndyCar Series car? Yeah, it's, it's amazing. I mean, honestly, 365 days ago, I, uh, I was rushing to the podium to, to watch Hinch. So it's it's crazy that you know full circle I'm here now. So honestly, it was it was a great day. We we made uh, made our lives difficult qualifying tenth. We thought we had an okay car, but we didn't really piece it together in qualifying. Um, we found something in warm up, but we uh, we weren't fast. So it was like one of those things. It was like, well, what do we do into the race? And we kind of just committed to it. And uh, we uh, we were pretty fortunate there on that restart that basically got me up in the second, just uh, right place at the right time and probably, you know, more luck than talent, but we, we ended up in P2 after that restart, and that, that honestly was the turning point of our race. We were able to get track position, and our pace was good enough to, uh, to stay there, and um, when Simon and I uh, got into it a little bit, I, I, I was expecting him to actually overcut me because I made a mistake on my outlap, and I was kind of cursing myself the whole lap, thinking like, oh, God, 
this should be interesting. And then saw Simon come out Good, of the pits. Because I made one on my in-lap. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and, you know, the, the whole time I was thinking, like, I just need a little bit more, a little bit more. And then I tried going into one. Uh, he defended it, and we, uh, we had a little contact there. And then it was kind of a dogfight straight up to turn three. And I broke as late as I could, probably the latest I did the, the entire race. And, uh, you know, give credit when it's due. Simon was able to match it on cold tires, so hats off to him. But, um, yeah, then it was just good, good hard racing. I mean, I was uh, ultimately maybe hoping for a little bit more space there on the exit. But, you know, when the guy's on cold tires, you can only expect so much because he's trying to, you know, get as much grip as he can. So, all in all, I thought it was a great day. And I still, uh, yeah, a little bit lost for words to be, on, to be on the podium here. It's just so cool. I don't even have to awkwardly bring it up. You just addressed it for me. I was going to have each of you give your perspective. From, from our perspective, watching from the screens on the TVs, that, that battle between the two of you is one of the key moments of the race. Simon, what was your perspective on, on that battle and, and how it shaped the, your podium finish? Well, I think, you know, it's IndyCar racing. It's, it's hard racing. We're on the street of Toronto. There's no much room. Uh, there's two cars down battling for the same real estate. And... You know, I'm coming out on cold tires at an advantage, uh, position advantage, and Robert tried. Uh, he had to go into turn one as deep as he could. Uh, I really thought I was actually going to crash in, uh, in turn one after we had contact. But uh, I managed to get a really good run out of turn one, and from there I was like, okay, now, you know, I'm defending as hard as I can. Uh, i got to keep this position. So it's my job to keep my position and try as hard as I can. Um, obviously... It's not about running each other into the walls or crashing together. Uh, the key is to just be on the limit of that. It certainly was on the limit, but uh, two, two very professional, professional racers, in my opinion, just, just race really hard. And to me, that's what IndyCar is about. We'll open up for questions, starting with Bruce. Two quick questions. Uh, Simon, Scott brushed the wall. I know. I saw the cows. like, man, come on. And you were able to cut. You were able to cut down his his gap fairly significantly. Then what happened after that in terms of he was able to build it back up again? Then I have a follow up. Yeah, well, binder didn't help. I mean, the thing is, is I closed the gap and he made uh, Scott's life difficult. Made my life difficult. It's like, man, come on, just just you know, it's the end of the race. It's it's getting really close here. Just get away. Uh, you know, make it easy on people. But uh, you know, these cars, it, it's. It, it doesn't take much. With so much on the limit, um, you know, it just takes to take your air away a little bit and you start sliding around. I lost a little bit of time then on Scott, but then I have to say he was really, really fast. It would have been really tough for me to match, match him. But I thought I had something and I tried, but uh, gave it everything I had. And Robert, with so much pressure and attention on you and James coming into this weekend, I mean, how do you uh, live up to, to all that? attention the way you guys did today yeah i mean it uh you know I'm, i think i would take a home race every race if uh, <laughs> if we could i mean it's it's such a cool feeling to you know i've i've never had one as a professional driver so to come here and just to to take in how how good the the toronto fans are and what's what makes it even cooler is that it's not just me saying it you know um simon mentioned it scott mentioned it you know the fans here in toronto are, are one of the best on the calendar and just to, to be Canadian, to just embrace the whole thing and to get out of that car and to hear the grandstand roar was, uh, it brought me goosebumps. And hopefully, uh, you know, it's those feelings that, you know, you wake up tomorrow morning to go to the gym to, to be better and to try to improve your position. Question in the front from John. 
Hi guys, uh, I've got two questions. Uh, the first one's for both of you. Seems like there's no hard feelings despite the fact that it's pretty aggressive between the both of you. Is that just a testament to the brotherhood of race car drivers that you guys just understand that's a race and it's nothing personal? I think it's because we both made it through. <laughs> yeah, for sure. <laughs> I for sure agree. For sure agree. You know, I think uh, if one of us didn't finish, I think there'd be very different feelings. But uh, That's but, true. But to be honest, you know, we were both right on the edge. And I think that's what, uh, what IndyCar racing is all about. We both definitely pushed the boundaries, but we didn't go too far where you just destroy the other guy. And I think that's where, uh, you know, where the limit was. And uh, my second question is just for you, Robert. Um, no, you that was perfect, man. <laughs> I would have said the same. So. Uh, you and uh, James both really climbed uh, up in the race after sort of there's the, not a pileup, the incident at turn one that involved several cars. From your perspective, what was that like uh, on the road? Uh, fortunately, I was ahead of it already. So, uh, no, I mean, I don't know what happened in turn one that caused the yellow, but I know that restart was crazy. The, it was so slippery. Um, it was weird. There wasn't that much, like, pickup or marbles on, on the track at that stage, but, man, there was rubber flying off of the cars a lot, like, just trying to, to clean the tire constantly. And the, uh, I just got a super lucky restart. Um, Joseph got a little bit wide in, in turn 11 coming to the green, and um, it was just right place at the right time. I was able to, basically, everyone else was checking up for, for Joseph, and I looked up at the at the flagger and I saw the green waving and I had a run and ev the seas just parted and I had an open line down, down the inside the turn one and I, and I took it. So it, uh, but again, when you do a, a move like that, you have to have faith that everyone around you is aware of their surroundings because when someone's coming from sixth to second, um, it can very easily go wrong because someone might not be expecting that to happen. Thanks. Yes, sir. Right up here, right behind. Thank you. Uh, Robert, looking back at St. Pete at this race, some of your best races have been on the street courses. Does racing back in Europe on some of the really tight circuits there, has that really lended a, a, a hand to you in, in navigating street courses that you've never raced on before? Um, I don't think so, to be honest with you. I've just always, um, as a kid, my whole, I've always loved racing on temporary circuits. I think they just really cater to my driving style. I, I'm, a, I'm a driver that... Uh, I'm never really like 110%, you know, I'd always classify myself as like around 98, you know, I'm not really the guy that's always going to be putting wheels off even on a permanent circuit, you know, so just my whole style of driving, I feel like I'm not really uh, putting myself out there to be vulnerable for, for incidents, so I feel like on a street course, I can keep that same tempo and that same driving style, and that's been kind of something I've taken with me, I mean, my, my best track in DTM was a street course, I don't know if there's any similarities there, but you know, I'm definitely pretty comfortable on, on street courses uh, here in the Verizon IndyCar as well. Question all the way in the back. Thank you very much. Uh, congratulations to both of you for making the podium. I have a question for Simon and a, a follow-up for Robert. Simon, you mentioned uh, having to be less aggressive early in that incident that dropped you back three or four spots. How much of a factor do you think that played in your mentality for the rest of the race, including that incident with Robert? Well, I was really upset, that's for sure. <laughs> I mean, you do all that work to qualify the best you can. And by turn one, I was seventh. Uh, turn two, I was seventh. I was like, man, what just happened? Um, so you have to obviously rebound from there. You can't just dwell on yourself and continue to dig a hole. You just got to keep going, keep keep trying to find more positive. And uh, at that point, started saving as much fuel as I could to have the fastest pit stop possible. Um, 
which helped. Um, and then people were starting making mistakes. I think they were pushing really hard at the start, all the guys in front. And they started making mistakes, and I, th I thought my car was pretty good. Um, and certainly when the restart happened, um, you know, I went the other way. I went full attack mode, um, and I took chances. Um, and I found myself being in third position on that restart, a bit like uh, Robert did. So then, um, then after that, it was a battle with, with Robert all the way to the end. So um, uh, definitely, you know, turned the knob a little bit to, to full attack mode after that. Thank you, Simon. And Robert, you mentioned a year ago going to Victory Lane to, you know, greet Hinchcliffe as he finished third. Did you ever think that it would be reversed a year later? Uh, well, a year ago, I didn't know that uh, I was going to be doing, you know, racing in Verizon IndyCar Series. So honestly, to answer that question, no. I wasn't expecting to, <laughs> to be here a year later, but life's, uh, life's a crazy thing, and it's hard to kind of predict the future, and I like to think that I'm, this is kind of a perfect example of that, but it's just been a great day. It's been a great week. It's been a pretty good year, to be, to be honest with you. So hopefully, uh, I think this is our third top five in a row, and it'd be great if we can uh, keep up this momentum. Question right here. Uh, Robert, a lot has been made this year about your sort of rivalry with Alexander Rossi. Uh, this week in the press, Paul Tracy addressed the fact that he thinks IndyCar needs more rivalries that sort of extend off the track as well. Do you agree with that, or do you think that the camaraderie among drivers is sort of what strengthens the sport? I don't Come on, we want to see some fight. You know, I, <laughs> I want to see it happen in the driver lot, you know. Yeah, that's true. Love Bob, you know, no, boxing and stuff. I've... Uh, <laughs> I will openly say I've, I've never punched a human being before, so we, uh, I sparred once, but I don't, I don't think that counts. Together, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, I, dr I drop weights on his feet every, all the time, but no, <laughs> no honestly, it, I, I'm, I'm a believer that you, know, you don't need, you know, you don't need to fight the guy in person to have a rivalry. I think, you know, what we're doing, I think, you know, we're both very fierce competitors, but I like this, I, maybe I respect him more than he respects me, and maybe, maybe that's the problem. But at the moment, you know, I think he kind of—I don't know what happened, so I'm not going to say anything. But I saw that he had a broken front wing, but uh, and his teammate was in the wall in the next corner, so I, I don't know what happened. But I'm kind of piecing it together. And uh, no, but honestly, he's—he's uh, he's an aggressive driver, and some days it's going to work for him, and some days it's not. Other questions? Yes. Robert, uh, another question for you. Guelph's just a stone's throw away from Toronto. Lots of family and friends here in attendance to watch you and to watch you podium now. What does it mean to you to be able to share that moment with so many people who are close to you? It was amazing. And honestly, that last stint there, you know, I'm like, I'm going to go all in to try to get by Simon on, while he's on cold tires. I knew it was my only chance. And uh, once, it wasn't, once it didn't work, I was still kind of pushing. And then we had to save fuel a little bit. And... Uh, I was honestly pretty content with, with P3 there, and then uh, I saw that we were both catching Scott, and I'm like, okay, <laughs> game on, and then started pushing more and pushing more, and then noticed I was cl like closing in a little bit in Simon, and I was just like, okay. you know, I, I went from kind of chill mode to like, okay, let's get greedy and, and go for more. And, uh, and then I nearly crashed, and I decided that I'm gonna back it back down <laughs> to the end, but... Uh, you know, in this in this series, I'm learning it's so unpredictable, and, and anything can happen. And there was times where I thought, you know, this is it. 20 laps left. I'm a, I'm a comfy third. And then there was times where I'm like, oh my god, we have a shot at winning this thing. And then suddenly it's back. Oh, I got a comfy third. Maybe I can get second. I don't know. 
you know, it's something I'm not used to. In a lot of European racing, it's not, it's not stagnant, but it's fairly predictable once the pit cycles and stuff filter out. We're here. I think anything can happen. Yes, sir. Uh, first gentleman, congratulations. Um, there was a lot of talk before the race that turn three was the turn everybody was worried about, and then it really turned out to be turn one, turned out to be the turn from hell. Did that, guy, did that surprise you when you realized that was the turn you really had to be careful of? That's me. That's all me. Um, I, I think actually turn 11 was tough. You know, the, the, the thing is, is um, there was only the line was actually changing throughout the race. There was getting it was getting more and more marble. Uh, you know, so you had to turn in shadow and shadow get closer to the inside wall. It was getting really tough. And on that restart, as you could see, it was very very difficult to keep it on the island. Um, turn one was actually not really a big deal. Um, I think it just starts in turn 11. That section 9, 10, 11 was really tough today. Um, and I think that's what happened. He nailed it. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Any final questions? Yes, Aaron. I think you guys, Simon, I might be wrong, both like street circuits? Uh, yeah, I know okay. that, yeah. So what do you think, sorry, about the, the layout specifically here? Because on paper, it's just funky, but it races well. Yeah, it's awesome. Um, sorry, I just jumped on it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's an awesome track. I mean, and, and, and again, this year, they made improvement on the track, so it's a lot less bumpy, um, which personally, I like the bumpiness of it because it's more difficult to drive. It rewards good cars, good driver. Um, this year was a lot easier to drive into turn one. Um, but overall, I mean, it's an awesome track. I think it creates great racing, and I think it's one of the most dicey race we have of the whole year. Like, like Robert said, anything can happen at any time of the race with strategy and yellows and restarts. So, um, uh, yeah, I've led the race and finished 20, 20 seconds uh, in 2013, actually. So, you know, um, anything can happen here. It's pretty impressive. Yes, in the front. So, um... A lot of like racers and uh, drivers all all have coaches. Is there any? And this is for both of you. Is there any coaches that you guys had that you'd like to give a shout out to that helped you get to the position that you are today? Oh man, <laughs> testing me. I mean, honestly, there's. I've had a lot of help along the way. You know, I'm definitely not a, a one man band <laughs> doing it on my own. So. Uh, the biggest thing, the biggest, I guess, epiphany I had in my career was actually three, three years ago I took on a mental coach. Um, and that was a huge help for me. Um, I was at a pretty low point of my DTM career and figured, you know, why not? And it's weird, in motorsports growing up, I, it was always like if you had a mental coach, it was because you weren't strong enough. And then it kind of, it, it's just insane because if you look at all the other sports in the world, in my opinion, tennis are the best tennis players, I think, are the best athletes in the world. And the team that they have built around them is insane. And I don't understand why in motorsport, if you have a driver coach or a mental coach or anything, you're seen as possibly weaker. But I've, uh, that was a big thing for me. I still work with him today. But uh, to be honest, in the Rise in IndyCar series, our, our driver coach at Smith-Peterson Motorsports, Bob Perona, has been doing a great job. You know, he's been carrying me a lot on ovals. and. Uh, you know, he just has such a good eye. You know, I brought, it, I brought him there, actually. You know that? Did you? Yeah. Oh, well, thank you. Perona, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, back in the day. Yeah, back in the day. But no, I mean, there, there's been so many people that have helped me to get to where I am today. Yeah, personally, yeah, it's a great question. It's my favorite journalist here. I'm sorry, guys, but um, Gilles Deferrand for me has been um, a tremendous uh, mentor, uh, and and you know it was a very interesting part of my career because we were actually teammates on his team in a sports car. So it's the first time that I could feel what he thought was the great car, you know, and um, I could actually feel it. And that's very unusual to have that chance. We're sharing the same ride. Uh, he was setting up the race car and telling me how it should feel. I would try it and then we would talk about it overnight. Um, then, you know, he, he had the things that he liked, I had the thing that I liked, but I learned, he was like an open book to me and he still is. And uh, to me, it's been uh, life changing to, uh, to get to work with him. Um, and then obviously there were a lot of people along the way. Sebastian Bode helped me to come to the US. Derek Walker was a great manager at the time and now I've got Rick gone. Um, you know, I think we all get so much help along the way, uh, but it's about meeting the key people and getting those opportunities and, and maximizing it. It's, um, it's all about meeting the right people. And we'll take our last question from Bruce. We're heading into a point of the year, uh, go into a track where Scott Dixon's very good at. I Obviously, nobody's giving up yet. You're going to fight for the title. Is, is there a track he's not good at? Yeah. <laughs> how, tough, how tough is it going to be to keep him from winning the championship? Yeah, which one is next? Mid-Ohio. Mid-Ohio. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> how many times has he won there? Too many, yeah. Uh, well, we're gonna, we have to flip that around, I guess. <laughs> Yeah, he's good there, but, um, you know, sometimes he's one on luck, too. Um, we all did. Uh, it's just uh, part of it, part of life. Yeah, we have to work and find a way to beat him. I'm testing there on Tuesday, so uh, work starts. Guys, congratulations. Thank you very much for your time.